Have you been stressed, anxious, or worried? Have you felt pangs of loneliness in recent times? Are you longing for greater connection with others in the world around you? In a phrase, are you looking for happiness? You are not alone. Millions of others are seeking this feeling of spiritual, mental, and physical wellness too. This podcast explores the underlying causes of unhappiness and shares with us the secrets of rewriting the frequent thoughts and redirecting the common behaviors that keep us in that state. Join forensic psychologist and best-selling author Dr. Nihal and her guests as they dive deep in the realm of psychological wellness and explore ways of finding happiness on demand. Have you ever felt guilt? I thought we would talk today about navigating guilt. That's a topic for today. How to understand it and how to cope with it. And I think we've all experienced that emotion called guilt at some point in our lives. Do you remember the earliest recollection you have of experiencing guilt? How old were you? What were you doing? What was the behavior that triggered that emotion called guilt? And how did that early experience affect you today? You might want to put a pause on the podcast right now and think about those questions. Your earliest recollection, what were the consequences? What did you do about it? How old were you? And more important, how does that affect you today in terms of how you deal with guilt? Guilt is a complex emotion, and understanding its nuances can provide us with valuable insights into our own minds. In the next few minutes, let's explore the definition of guilt and discuss effective coping strategies to navigate its often tumultuous waters. Let's start with the fundamental question, what is guilt? Guilt is an emotion that comes when we believe that we have violated a moral standard or failed to live up to our own values, to our own moral compass, whatever that is. It's that internal compass reminding us of our responsibilities and the impact of our actions on ourselves and other people. Guilt comes in many forms, as you probably would agree. There's true guilt stemming from a genuine wrongdoing and what I call false guilt, which may be irrational or disproportionate to the situation. Now, understanding these nuances, these distinctions is crucial as we explore coping mechanisms. It's important to note that not all guilt is detrimental. Healthy guilt serves as a moral guide, prompting us to reflect on our behavior and to make amends when necessary. I'm sure you have. I have. However, unhealthy guilt can become a burden, leading to anxiety, shame, and even self-sabotage. By the way, do you know the difference between guilt and shame? Brene Brown makes a wonderful distinction. She says... Guilt stems from our behaviors. My behavior was bad. Shame, on the other hand, says, I'm a bad person. 
Notice that distinction. It's important because it affects our self-esteem. Now, what are some coping strategies that we can use? I would say the first coping strategy is acceptance. Acknowledge the guilt you're feeling without judgment. Understand that guilt, like any emotion, is a natural part of the human experience. We all have had it, just like regret. By accepting it, you could open the door to self-reflection and growth. Right? Another coping strategy is what I call reflection. It's a powerful tool for navigating guilt. Take the time to examine the source of your guilt. What values or standards do you believe that you've just violated? That's triggering the emotion called guilt. Reflecting on the roots of our guilt can provide clarity and guide us in our path forward, right? Yet another coping strategy would be accountability. Accountability is about taking responsibility for our actions. If our guilt is justified, consider making amends or taking corrective measures. This proactive approach not only helps alleviate guilt, but also contributes to personal growth and improved relationships. Yet another strategy is self-compassion. Treat yourself like your very best friend. Practicing self-compassion is critical when dealing with guilt. Treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer a best friend. Remember that making mistakes is an inherent part of being human, and self-compassion allows room for healing. We're not perfect. We're not tools. So can we practice some kindness towards ourselves? Can we practice forgiveness? The fifth coping strategy would be learn and grow. Guilt can be a powerful catalyst for positive change. Use it as a learning opportunity. Identify lessons from the experience and apply them to future situations. Transforming guilt into personal growth is an amazingly powerful way to turn a negative emotion into a force for positive change. I like a feedback model, not a failure model. Seek support. That's yet another coping strategy. You don't have to navigate guilt alone. Check in with a friend. Seeking support from friends, family, or mental health professional can provide valuable perspectives and guidance. Sharing your feelings can be a cathartic experience. It can, it can help you gain insights into your emotions because, you know, they usually say two heads are better than one. People have different perspectives. Check in with others. Now, I like practicing mindfulness, and we can certainly use it to navigate guilt. Mindfulness is a practice that involves being fully present in the moment without judgment. Read any of Dan Siegel's books. He's a psychiatrist who talks about the practice of mindfulness. By cultivating mindfulness, you can observe your guilt without being overwhelmed by it. You're not going through that rabbit hole. 
Mindfulness allows you to create a mental space for understanding, regulating, and managing your emotions. And what about the practice of forgiveness? Christian Neff talks about it, and it's really a very powerful tool. This includes forgiving ourselves and, when applicable, seeking forgiveness from others. Forgiveness is not about condoning our actions, but about releasing the emotional burden of guilt, allowing healing and growth to take place. Harriet Lerner has a really good book out called Why Won't You Apologize? And it really goes through the whole concept of forgiveness and how to make an apology one that is effective. So let me conclude by saying that guilt is a natural and complex emotion, but when navigated effectively, it can lead to personal growth and positive change. By accepting, reflecting, taking accountability, practicing self-compassion, learning and growing, seeking support, and embracing mindfulness, we can transform guilt from a source of distress into a catalyst for personal development. Now, isn't that good? Remember, understanding and coping with guilt is an ongoing process. So be patient. It's a process, not a product. And each step forward is a step towards a healthier, happier, more resilient you. But before I close, it just occurred to me that we should talk a little bit about the difference between adaptive and maladaptive guilt. Do you know the difference? I'm referring to two different ways that we can experience and respond to feelings of guilt. We often use these terms in psychology to describe the functional or dysfunctional aspects of guilt in our lives. So I would define adaptive guilt as a healthy and constructive response to a real or perceived threat or moral transgression. It serves as an emotional signal that prompts us to reflect on our behavior, take responsibility, and make amends when necessary. Adaptive guilt helps us adhere to our moral values and societal norms, guiding us in making ethical decisions. So it works as a moral compass. It also works as motivation for change. It can be an, a really strong motivating factor for personal growth and positive behavioral change, right? It also functions as empathy building. Adaptive guilt can foster empathy by encouraging people to consider the impact of their actions on others. And that's huge. Now, what's maladaptive guilt? That is an unhealthy and dysfunctional response to guilt that goes beyond what is reasonable or persists even when there is no real wrongdoing. It can be excessive, irrational, and disruptive to our well-being, and you might need professional help. What are the characteristics of maladaptive guilt? One of the characteristics would be excessive rumination. And like I always say to my patients, only the cows ruminate, and we aren't cows. Individuals experiencing maladaptive guilt may excessively ruminate on 
past actions, even if those actions were not morally objectionable. And that's where therapy can be useful, by the way, to navigate those choppy waters and help you look at it objectively. Maladaptive guilt can lead to self-punishment. Did you know that? It can lead to your feeling compelled to engage in behaviors that are harmful to yourself, such as self-isolation or self-destructive behaviors, you know. It also interferes with functioning. This type of maladaptive guilt can interfere with daily functioning, relationships, and the overall quality of our lives takes a huge hit. What are some of the distinctioning factors? What are some of the things that we can look at? Adaptive guilt is proportional to the perceived wrongdoing. Now that's an important thing. Maladaptive guilt tends to be disproportionate and exaggerated. So that's a really important distinct factor. Adaptive guilt typically will lead to resolution and positive change. Whereas maladaptive guilt may persist without resolution, contributing to emotional distress. It also has an impact on our mental health. Adaptive guilt contributes to emotional intelligence. Interpersonal relationships strengthen, they grow stronger. It also creates an intrapersonal boost. Our relationship with ourselves increases and personal growth ensues. Maladaptive guilt, on the other hand, can contribute to anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues if they're not addressed. So that's why I say seeking therapy would be useful in a situation with of adaptive, maladaptive, I should say, guilt. Understanding the distinction between maladaptive and adaptive guilt is critical in therapeutic context. While adaptive guilt can be a constructive force for positive change, maladaptive guilt may require inter intervention, that's what I was saying, to help people re-evaluate their beliefs, challenge irrational thoughts, and develop healthier coping mechanisms. If you have any information that you'd like to share with me or questions, I invite you to do so by going on my website, www.nihal.com. And if you liked this episode on guilt, feel free to let other people know of it. Thanks now. Bye now. Thank you for joining this discussion on happiness. We hope this helps to inspire you to lead a more joyful life. To dive deeper into the subject of happiness, be sure to check out Dr. Nihal's book, Happy is the New Healthy, available as an ebook or hardcover. For additional resources, visit our website at drneehall.com. Until next time, stay happy.